One in 400 trillion. The likelihood that you would be born at a specific point in time to a specific place into your unique set of circumstances. Scientists refer to this as the unfathomable odds of being. Can you even begin to wrap your mind around that? In all the history of the world, in all the places on earth, the likelihood that you and I would have the families that we have, would work the jobs we do, that we would live in the neighborhoods that we do, let alone that we would all be gathered here, is nearly zero. As a matter of fact, there is a greater likelihood that you will be struck by lightning, attacked by a shark, even in Illinois, <laughs> or that you will win the lottery. But we're here, and we do exist. In Genesis, scripture tells us that we were created in the image of God, that we are the imago dei, the very image bearers of a God of love and grace and mercy. In the Psalms, we are told that God knit us together while we were in our mother's womb and that he ordained all of our days. In the prophet Jeremiah, while speaking to God's people in captivity, proclaimed the very words of God, saying, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So did we just beat the odds? Are we just some crazy cosmic accident? Or is it possible that maybe, just maybe, God in his sovereignty placed you in the friendships you have, in the job you have, in the neighborhood you live in for a purpose? Is it possible that if, as image bearers of this loving God, that maybe we're called to be agents of God's love, mercy, grace, and justice in the world. That we're called to be influencers. Is it possible that we're called to be leaders? Australian theologian and missiologist, the Reverend Dr. Michael Frost, speaks about leadership and how we live in our communities and he talks about how we impact them as disciple makers and evangelizers and he asserts the task of Christians today is to live questionable lives, lives that provoke questions from which we can proclaim the gospel, questions that point people to Jesus. So who are you leading? And are you leading a questionable life. My name is Kim Whetstone and I am one of the pastors here at Parkview and if you are a guest with us, we have been going through the book of Proverbs, studying wisdom in a series entitled Life Hacks. 
wisdom that works. Now, if you're not familiar with life hacks, a life hack is any technique or strategy adopted to manage one's daily life and activities in a more wise and efficient way. And as Pastor Michael so kindly reminded us last week in the wise words of G.I. Joe, knowing is half the battle, right? So life hacks only work if we actually implement them into our lives. So today, we're going to be taking a look at leadership in a peculiar piece of scripture that we find in Proverbs 31. So if you wanna open up your Bible there or pull out your electronic device, if you don't have a Bible, please feel free to use and to take home one of ours. You can find it underneath the chair in front of you. Proverbs 31, verses one through nine, the sayings of King Lemuel. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It's not for kings, Lemuel. It's not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Now for most of us in reading this text, when we look at it the first time, there are kind of three big things that pop off the page. One of them, stay away from dangerous women. Two, um, don't get drunk. And three, be nice to other people. If we're honest, it sounds a little bit like a mother's final words to her son before sending him off to college, right? But the reality is there is much, much more here. Proverbs 31 is the only piece of wisdom scripture in the ancient Near East whose authorship is totally and fully attributed to a woman. Now this is important because anytime we see something that is countercultural or stands out in a text, it tells us to listen up, it draws our attention. So this little piece of information tells us that we need to approach the text with extreme attentiveness. And when we do, we take into account that this is the sayings of King Lemuel. Therefore, his mother would have been a queen mother, a position that was highly revered in the ancient Near East. She would have been very, very familiar with palace life, politics, and commerce. She would have not only been a a knowledgeable businesswoman, but a knowledgeable political leader. She would have been well aware of the potential pitfalls for a king with endless resources at his fingertips and endless temptations around him. Further, scholars contend that her process of having a child was not easy. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. She had prayed for a son and she knew the longing and the loss and the confusion 
of a dream deferred. But faithfully she called out to God and God was faithful to answer her prayers. And in an act of worship, she committed her son to God. She committed him to raising an honorable life. She committed him to raising a questionable life. One that would point people to God. So it is from this experienced businesswoman of deep faith that has been deepened by suffering that we get what I refer to as the Queen Mother's Four Life Hacks for Questionable Leadership. Now first, King Lemuel's mother begins by warning her son against exerting his strength on women which will ruin kings. Now in the ancient Near East, it was not uncommon for kings to have harems where there were multiple concubines and multiple wives. Now not only was this extremely expensive, but it was a gross distortion of royal power and it was profoundly self-indulgent. It was something that went directly in the face of what God had charged kings to do. And we see in Psalms 82 verses three and four what God charged to kings. He charged them to defend the weak and the fatherless, to uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed, and to rescue the needy to deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Here King Lemuel is challenging her son to resist self-indulgence and to respect the position that he has been given as king and to use it for the glory of God in the sake of others. She is telling her son to own it, to lead out of his God-given position and purpose for the good of others. Now we might sit here and say, well, that's Lemuel, right? Like, we're not kings and queens. But the reality is this, each and every one of us in some capacity in our lives is a leader. There is someone today exactly where you at are at, how you are that is looking to you to lead. It may be your child, it might be a coworker, It might be someone who is watching you from afar that you don't even know about. But I can guarantee you this someone is looking to you to lead. And additionally, if you have received the love and the grace of Jesus Christ and you are living under the authority of God, you have been called to be a disciple. And as a disciple, Your job is to lead people into a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. You are a leader. As disciples, we follow Jesus' leadership and we join in his purpose for bringing transformation in the world. In one of my favorite scriptures, Luke chapter four, after 40 days in the desert, Jesus emerges in the power of the spirit. And he goes to his synagogue and he opens up the scroll to Isaiah and he lets the world know what his purpose is. And he says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. As disciples, we are meant to bring freedom to the captives. We are meant to proclaim good news to the poor and bring recovery of sight to the blind. We are meant to join in and extend Jesus's question-provoking radical love and grace with the world around us. And the amazing thing is that when we do this in our jobs and in our neighborhoods, we lead questionable lives. And our lives do point people to Jesus. Own it. Whether you are a stay-at-home parent, a business executive, a student, a retiree, own it. Lead out of your God-given position and purpose. You do have influence. Use it for the good of others. Next, the queen moves on to a discussion about drunkenness. Now, in the ancient Near East, beer and alcohol consumption was common, and all of us, either directly or indirectly, are familiar with the effects of drunkenness, right? Too much alcohol consumption clouds our vision. It prevents us from perceiving the world accurately. King Lemuel's mother here is not forbidding alcoholic drink, nor is she encouraging some state-mandated drunkenness program for those who are hurting, okay? Let's just be clear on that. But what she is doing is she is warning her son against what will be lost if his judgment is clouded. He will lose his ability to see clearly and fulfill his purpose to advocate for the rights of the oppressed. She is telling her son, keep your head clear so you can see it, see accurately the oppression and brokenness in the world and respond with compassion. So how are you seeing? Is your vision clear? Or is your vision cloudy? in what might be clouding your vision. Hatred, fear, self-indulgence, prejudice. Ask God to help you see the world through his eyes. And I guarantee, I guarantee that he will be faithful to answer your prayers. King Lemuel's mother wraps up with her final two tips by proclaiming these words to her son. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. 
speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. The Hebrew word is pathok. It means to open wide, to loosen, to break forth, to break free. She is telling her son with everything you have, everything that is in you when confronted with injustice, be a questionable leader and speak up. Let your mouth be open wide. Let your words, let advocacy burst forth from you. Resist it. Boldly and vocally resist injustice. New Testament scholar and theologian Brian K. Blount writes about the African-American church and liberation theology. And he offers one of the best synopses of the mission of the church when it comes to resistance. He says that we are to be pockets of resistance in our present reality, pushing against, resisting the injustice of our times. That means where there is darkness, we bring light. Where there is hopelessness, we bring hope. Where there is hatred, we bring love. Where there is racism, sexism, and ethnocentrism, we stand boldly in defiance to this injustice and we proclaim there is neither Jew, nor Greek, nor slave, nor free, nor male or female, for all have been made one in Christ Jesus. Men and women of God, it is our job to stand in defiance to the darkness of this world. And God has empowered us to do so. So may we boldly and vocally resist injustice. Her final challenge to her son is to speak up and judge fairly. It is a challenge to him to use his power and make judgments that will transform it, that will transform unjust and broken systems into systems where justice prevails. You see, as questionable leaders, it's not enough for us to own the position and the purpose we have. It's not enough for us to see the injustice in the world. It's not even enough for us to resist it. These are all steps along the way in our journey. But ultimately, we are called to join in Christ's redeeming work in the world in transforming it, in transforming systems of injustice to systems where justice will prevail for all. Now at Parkview as a community, we do this along North Avenue in our work. We do this in our work with IJM overseas as they actively advocate to change laws that bring justice to those young girls who have been rescued from brothels. We do this in our work with Mahima Home as these young women recover and learn that there is a new way for them to live. As a church, that's what we do to transform systems. 
but in your own life. When you walk out of here on Sunday morning, when you live the other 24 hours a day, six days a week, what are you doing to transform things? The thought can seem kind of overwhelming, but the reality is there is something pretty simple that you can do. Ask God to reveal the hatred, fear, self-indulgence, and prejudice within you. And then be willing to hear the stories of those who experience oppression on a daily basis and actually listen to them. Listen to them in a way where you're not trying to talk them out of their experience. where you're receiving what they have to say and you're not trying to spend the time assuaging your own discomfort. So listen with receptivity and ask God what he might be revealing about you and about his heart and how you might love your neighbor better. Own it. See it, resist it, transform it. How is God inviting you to be a questionable leader? Will you pray with me? God, thank you for inviting us into your transformational work in the world. Help us to lead out of our God-given position as disciples in such a way that your name is glorified and the world is impacted by your grace. Open our eyes that we may see the injustice of the world as you do. Give us the courage and the bravery we need to resist oppression, hatred, and injustice while standing in defiance to the darkness of this world as beacons of light, hope, and peace. God, break our hearts and move us to action. Open our mouths and give us wisdom that we may know how to transform systems of injustice into systems where justice will prevail for all. Dear God, make us questionable leaders whose radical compassion, conviction, love, mercy, and grace provoke questions that will point people to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Living life as a questionable leader is not an easy one. It's gonna make us uncomfortable. It's gonna take bravery. But Jesus has gone before us he goes with us and he follows after us. I want to read for you a poem by St. Teresa of Avila. Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on the world. 
Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes, you are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. One in 400 trillion. Church, you are not an accident. Go, transform the world, be questionable leaders for the glory of God and for the sake of others. Go in peace. Have a great week.